0: This is the Find Your Forte podcast, episode 71.
1: You have the passion. You have the education. Now it's, it's time, time for, for the inspiration. inspiration. Get ready to step up to the podium with, with purpose. purpose. This is the Find Your Forte podcast with coral director and lifestyle entrepreneur, Ryan
0: Guth. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth of the Find Your Forte podcast, and I am delighted to have with me today Adam Paltritz. Uh, He is a a conductor and music educator, and he is also uh, the writer over at AdamPaltritz.com and the Choral Clarity blog and Sheet Music Company. And just very happy to have him today. Uh, before we hop into today's episode, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by KI Concerts. And if you are interested in international travel, there is no company better than KI Concerts, I know from experience. So if you want a special deal just for being a listener and a member of Choir Nation, head on over to KIconcerts.com forward slash find your forte. And you will uh, just fill a couple things out, name and email address, and Oliver Schofield, the most consummate professional that I know, will be in touch with you uh, to talk about how he can help you travel with your choir internationally. So let's hop in today's episode without further ado. Adam Choir Nation is ready. They're at the edge of their chairs, folders open, and looking your way. Are you ready to deliver the downbeat?
1: I am prepared
0: and ready. Awesome. Thank you, Adam, for being my guest today on the Find Your Forte podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. I'm very excited to do this.
0: So, Adam, let me know in a, in a sentence or two if I, if I met you at the cocktail hour in, on the top of some awesome building in Manhattan where you live, where I just moved away from. And I said, Adam, nice to meet you. What do you do? Which is again the worst question you could ask anybody. But if I asked you that question, what do you do? How would you answer that question to me?
1: Well, first let me ask you how many drinks have I had? <laughs>
0: let's, <laughs> let's say let's say we are we are still <laughs> sipping our first our first red wine of the night. So we're nobody's really inebriated at this point.
1: Okay. Well, the first thing I would say is that I'm a music teacher and I would leave it at that. It's not how I really define myself. Um but it's how I define myself to other people who aren't in the profession. And um, I leave it for them to ask me more questions. And at that point, that's when I really go into what it is I view that I do and, and, and how I choose to do what I do.
0: So if you've had a couple more bottles or bottles, <laughs> a couple more glasses of wine, would you be like <laughs> a, a two sick or something? What yeah, would you what w- would you say at that point?
1: I would say that i well what I say to my students really is is i I teach life through music. music is my vehicle for teaching about life.
0: I love that I think that's beautiful that's a wonderful that's a wonderful wonderful thing um now, explain to me a little bit about about uh where exactly you teach and 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 what that program looks like
1: sure um I teach in uh a town called Plainview, which is right on the border between Nassau and Suffolk County on Long Island. Long Island is um, a little bit east of New York, um, sort of in the middle of the Atlantic. And um, it is about 20 miles outside of New York City, out of Manhattan, maybe 25 miles. I've been there for 19 years now. And the way the choir is, we have 1,600 students in the whole school, uh, 9 through 12. There's... Um, Four elementary schools that feed into two middle schools that feed into the high school. I'm the only high school choir director there. And so we have about 120 students in the program. We have a 9th and uh, and 10th grade treble choir, which is all the girls in 9th and 10th grade that want to sing. And then we have a mixed choir, which is 11th and 12th grade girls, all the girls that want to sing and all the men in the whole program. So it's a non-select program. If you want to sing, it's just age appropriate. You join either the treble choir or the mixed choir.
0: So the men in ninth and 10th would jump in straight to the mixed choir. Exactly. Got you. Okay. Very, very good. Awesome. So you are a non-auditioned program, and you have no auditioned ensembles at all. You have these two, and that's it.
1: Well we have no auditioned ensembles that meet during the school day. Every student that wishes to sing that wishes to get training is in either the treble choir or the mixed choir. However, we have a, um, very well established, uh, student run acapella program where we have eight student run acapella groups Whoa. and all of the leaders are in basically in the mixed choir because that's the older group. Um, and we have, uh, Two uh, two men's groups, three women's groups, and three mixed groups. And so these groups are auditioned, but they're not auditioned by me. They're auditioned by the student leaders of the acapella program.
2: Wow,
0: that's a lot of acapella groups. So now, yeah. do you help in any way with
1: those groups, or how does that work? Sure. Um, I oversee it. I'm the club advisor. Um, and so we have monthly meetings to so
0: start So is, is there one acapella club
1: Yes. And these are, are acapella, these
0: are all okay branches exactly. of that club. Okay, gotcha. They
1: are all branches. The way we view it is the choir is the the choir is the tree and the a cappella club is a branch off the tree.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: ninety about ninety percent of the kids in a cappella are in the choir. And if okay. they're not, they've been in the choir for many years and then they, you know, maybe in their senior year or junior year decided, well, I've had enough training and now I just want to do this. But the majority are in the choir. And so these are leaders in the choir who have now stepped up and decided that they wanted to write their own arrangements, that they feel comfortable leading other students. So it's, it's an extension of the choral program.
0: Wow. That's, that's impressive. I mean, you have that many a cappella groups. Now, uh, how big are they?
1: Um, the groups range from, I'd say, about 12 to 20. So um, how many kids do you yeah. think
0: of the 120 kids in your program are actually taking part in the a cappella groups?
1: I would say about 80 of them, maybe Holy
0: more. Holy moly. Yeah. Wow, so they're uh, getting a, 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 real diverse, a real diverse uh, experience there at, at your they school. They are.
1: And the best part about it is they're getting serious training from me and from the choir, and then they're applying that into the pop genre, into the things that they enjoy doing in their free time. So I don't have to compromise my training, for them, because they're creating that themselves, so I don't have to win them over with a pop song. Um, not to say we don't do pop songs; we do s- some pop songs, mm-hmm. but we can really focus on high-quality repertoire because they're there with a desire to learn a higher level of music making and then apply it to what they're doing.
0: That's great, and it kind of streamlines your it streamlines your work, and it 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 actually also helps you to. Um, clear up some mental RAM, uh, so so that you don't have to uh, yeah really overextend yourself. And we just literally a few weeks ago had a, a, a Technique Tuesday episode about things that kids can do f- to help your program, so that you don't have to do them yourself. And I yeah, totally left out groups like running a group. I I don't know why I didn't I didn't. I didn't include that in the, in the episode, but, but, um, that's one other thing they can do that this, this conversation just brought to light. That's such a wonderful thing.
1: It's amazing because they come back to the choir and frankly into music theory, which my, one of my fine colleagues teaches, um, they come in with this desire to learn more. They want to know, they want to know, um, why this chord works. They want to know how to get the blend better how to better articulate. They want to know these things because they want to make their acapella groups better. So they're coming with that mindset, this desire to learn and grow.
0: Now, and there's just, there's also like a little bit of probably competition between those those groups. It, it fosters oh, yeah. competition. So like oh, they yeah. always, when you have multiple acapella groups, they're motivated to learn because they want to be better
1: than the other ones, Right completely completely there's a constant it's friendly most of the time mm-hmm. sometimes it gets a little rough but most of the time it's friendly competition boyfriends and girlfriends are between groups and there's a lot of a because they're all in the choir together mm-hmm. they're all in the choir and now they're in these competing acapella groups that do lots of performances throughout the community and have had lots of lots of great exposure in the last you know five years or so
0: it's also wonderful that to remember that you don't have to do it all as a, as a choir director, you, you can, you can lighten your load a little bit, even from like, I was just, I was just picking out music today for like Christmas caroling and stuff around the town. And I'm like, man, I'm sitting here going, if I had acapella groups like Adam, like Adam's high school, I could just give them that job and say, Hey, why don't you guys pull together some Christmas carols and you go do that thing? Well, let me
1: tell you, when we go Christmas caroling, we go every year to every school in the district. So it's it's the day before the vacation. We take um, the mixed choir and the a cappella groups, which is a huge overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go from school to school. So the choir has got their six or seven songs, the jingle bells in four parts and, the, you know, de- deck the halls and a few Hanukkah carols. I don't know if you can call them carols. I call them carols. But oh, Hanukkah and dreidel and all that fun stuff. But every a cappella group, all eight of them, have their own traditional Christmas song. Frosty the Snowman and and, um, Winter Wonderland Wonderland and all those different pieces. So it creates a wonderful feeling because each group has that ownership of that one song. And you have their songs and then the choir's music. So it's exactly, that's what the goal.
0: I love it. I'm I'm like going to steal this. I like, I like it so much. Eight a cappella groups. I'm not sure I'm going to get that on in year one, but I, th- <laughs> I think it's wonderful. You only
2: want
1: one. You st- you know, it, We've done a lot of workshops on how to build an a cappella pro- program, and the key is it's got to be organic. Mm-hmm. It's got to be four kids, six kids, eight kids that want to do something. And you know what? If eight boys want to do something, guess what? Eventually, eight girls will want to do something too. That's true. And, and it's, it comes out of a need. It comes, we had, we had a guys group, and then the girls wanted to do it. And then, and then all of a sudden, the kids in the middle school wanted to do it, and they started a group in the middle school that moved up to the high school.
2: Oh, and wow, then,
1: okay. And it built, it built out of a need. If you try to make eight, it'll fail. If you try to make one, it will succeed. So are they pretty good? They're, I mean, they're very good. They've done a lot of, uh, last year we were on a TV show called Pitch Slapped, it was on Lifetime. It was a competition. Really, Sharon and yeah, um, we were in the the second episode where we competed against the two star, um, the two star groups. Okay, and and two of my groups um, independently competed against the two groups on the TV show.
0: Oh, that's awesome! So, so cool. Well, we're Ooh, gonna be good. we're gonna be getting uh Deke is gonna be on the show pretty soon, actually. Oh, great. So so we'll we'll get a little more a cappella in our life awesome. pretty pretty soon. That's so cool. Pitch slapped. Yeah. Pitch slapped. I love that. I love how mildly inappropriate that is. That's awesome. <laughs> um cool. Well, Adam, tell me a little bit about what your mission is over at AdamPaltrowitz.com because you are another Online content guy, just like myself, which I love, um, and it's it obviously brings valid, validation to what it is that we're doing because clearly people are reading what you're writing, and they're reading what I'm I'm broadcasting, and you know we have uh, other people now that have that have jumped into the fray a little bit too. So, um, what specifically is your is your niche over at com and your in your mission there?
1: Um, well. It's the same mission that I have in education and I have in my teaching. And um, very simply put, I believe that singing is for everybody and everybody that wants to sing, obviously, not everybody. If you don't want to sing, that's okay too. But everybody that wants to sing. And I think that in the elementary level, it's common that everybody's in one choir. And even in middle school, there's a lot of, you know, you want to join the choir? Come on in. But when it gets to high school, it sort of gets to this point where maybe there's a ninth grade group with everybody, and then all of a sudden, there's this, you're accepted and you're rejected. And more kids are turned off to singing and never sing again. So I have the premise that I believe that there should never be a select group as the primary singing group that high school kids should be in, Mm -hmm. in school. So... So you think they, shouldn't
0: say, be cur- they should not be curricular groups during the school day? They
1: should not be curricular unless they they had to be in a non-select group and then had the option of a secondary group that was select. Gotcha. But I, I will stick with the premise that in most situations with the kids that are so overextended these days that their main group, their primary group should be a non-select or self-selected is the word I like to use. Not non-select, but self-selected. Because I want... Because they chose to,
0: to be in it, it, you're saying?
1: To choose to be in it.
0: Okay, I see what yeah. you're saying. So yeah, we, we say y'all come. The yep. y'all come choir, right?
1: Yes, so, exactly. Okay,
0: I like that. I, I think it's really great. Now, you had written an article that I... I mean, it surfaced on my radar months ago about the uh, sort of a degradation of the coral middle class or is yeah. that I forget exactly what term you used, but
1: the erosion of the coral middle class the, yeah. yes,
0: okay, so the erosion okay some some degrade some erode okay, so all
1: right, same thing.
0: so the erosion of the coral middle class. can you explain a little bit because that I think that one really got some traffic I mean i I think of all yeah. of your of all of the the blogs you've written and i've and I've read I feel like I've read most of 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 what you you've written. Um, I try to keep my eye on these kind of things. Um, is that is that the most popular one that you wrote?
1: It's uh, one of the, I'd say one of the top three or four that I've written. Okay. it's It did get a lot of traction. Um, it's part of a whole series. I think, I believe there are eight. Um, the first one is why the best should be with the rest. 11 reasons why the best should be with the rest.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Wait, let's stop and talk about that for a second. Because I, I totally I totally agree with what you're saying. And I'm... I think it's because and 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 I'm going to let you expand on this and I I will step out of the way in just a second. There was a kid in in high school his name was David Crum. And unfortunately, um he passed away in college. He was in a camp. He, he his his van went off a road during a camping accident. It was like he was going wow. camping in Canada and uh tragically passed away. He was a member of one of the a cappella groups at Purdue University. And uh David was like the guy I aspired to be like because he was a couple years older than me. He was better at singing than I was. I was in 10th grade. He No, I think he was like one year older than me. I was in 10th. He was in 11th. He'd get all the solos and then I wouldn't get the solos. And thank God yeah. his senior year, he went off to Germany to study uh, abroad for his whole senior year. And I took over as like the guy, the choir guy, the guy, the you know, guy, yeah. but like if he had stayed there, um, he would have pushed me even further, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and just the work that he made me do because of how great he was my mm-hmm. first year in high school. Cause we started high school in 10th grade in my district was so invaluable. And I could just imagine if, if you had dumped me into like a group that was separate from all of the other amazing kids. How much less I would have been able to accomplish because I wouldn't have had that drive and that you know to. I wanted to be better than David Crumb. Right. I I tried. I worked so hard, and he kicked my butt all around the, the entire <laughs> time. Um, but yeah, I mean, is that is there anything? Is that have anything to do with it?
1: That has a lot to do with it, but it's only one small factor. Okay. Well, let me just start by the the first thought is what the naysayers comment on the mm-hmm. first thing that the feedback i've gotten from the article from the people that are not in support of this which is really frankly many many people um the first thought that they say um is my elite kids would be bored out of their minds if they had to endure being in a room with all these weak singers
0: oh my god and if i had that if i had uh
1: oh, oh
2: yeah, and, and oh. i think don't and even I think start right me. Right off the bat, okay. when
1: I hear that, it strikes a chord. When I think of the choir, my, my choir, uh, your choir sucks because you suck yep. is that first thought process I have. It's how can you possibly think that? It's because you don't understand how to engage all students in the program. Mm-hmm. There's a role for everybody in a program. And the first, the first thing that we have to understand is that we have to motivate all students to want to learn. We have to create an an environment where all students see a path towards success. Success does not mean being on Broadway. Success means growth. Success means here's where I am now and here's where I'm going to go. And I see growth in what I personally am doing. And I see that the choir appreciates me as an important member of the organization. So we start with that premise And it starts from day one of freshman year. And by not putting all the best kids in one group, all the freshmen are coming in together knowing that they have four years that they're going to be together. So it starts with this premise that, hey, if you like this, you're going to be part of this for four years. That's the starting point now fast forward four years, the seniors are now giving back to the freshmen and sophomores and juniors. And it's not just musically. It's not just the, the best singers. The best singers are student vocal directors. They conduct concerts. They conduct at concerts. They conduct warm ups. Mm-hmm. They are section leaders. But let's not talk about them. Let's talk about the kid that's really nice kid, dedicated, and not particularly talented. Mm -hmm. They don't come in with a strong singing voice. Maybe they are talented, but maybe they're not a talented singer. Maybe they haven't developed those skills yet to see that they're talented. Maybe they've got some deficiencies. Well, these kids could become empowered as leaders in the choir, not musical leaders, but social leaders. Mm -hmm. Why can't they be the manager of the choir or president in some schools, I call it manager. Mm -hmm. Why can't they be public relations? Why does public relations need to be the best singer in the group? Why does the secretary, the robes leader, the librarian Mm -hmm. go down the list? Why can't we empower all of these kids? So what happens is they're on an even playing field. Every kid has a path towards success musically because I'm there to teach them. Every musical leader has a role to give back because they understand that everybody's working together linearly, mm-hmm. year by year. And every kid coming in feels like they can be something special at the end. So the egos are gone. The, the seniors are not egotistical. They want to help the younger kids. They're not intimidated. They're supporting them. They're not saying, aren't I great? They, they know they're great because they've worked through the program. And instead, their goal is giving back.
0: So it's almost, it's almost like this cyclical relationship that you have here where where once a, a freshman has made it through senior year or at least to senior year, there's this empathy that they have for the freshman and they know what they've been through. They, you know, and, and um, now that they have a leadership role, um, they're not bored and they can give back to those kids because they know they know what it's like to be a freshman or a sophomore or or a kid that, you know, maybe didn't come out of their shell until junior or senior year or, or whatever. And and they can really work on fostering relationships with those younger ones. And I, I mean I think that's a really a really beautiful thing. And it probably takes it probably takes a good few years to really start a program like this and, and really get it going to where you see that that kind of result.
1: I think it takes a few years to, for, to get it really, really strong. But there are things that can be done right away that I see um, are real key elements. For example, student empowerment can happen on day one. You take over a program and let's just say it's a program that has no officers. It has nothing. It was teacher dominated. doesn't matter if the choir sings well or doesn't sing well. There's no reason why you can't have a committee of kids that are involved with decision making. And when I say decision making, I'm not talking about that they picked the repertoire and Mm -hmm. I'm talking about decision making on how, how, first of all, representing the needs of the, of the choir. Mm -hmm. And second of all, um, representing the needs of you. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, thinking socially how to make the group more cohesive. And one of the things that's really most important that I think a lot of directors overlook, they create titles because they've seen titles before they Mm -hmm. have the president and the vice president and the secretary and the treasurer forget about titles. Why not make a list of all the things that the choir needs that you as the director don't need to do all the things that can be done by somebody other than yourself.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. Literally the day that we're recording this is, is, is when I released my technique Tuesday called don't do stuff. And it's a whole it's it's a list of all of those things that you can give to kids so that they have a sense of ownership in the choir program. So, so Choir Nation, go back after this episode. Go back and listen to "Don't Do Stuff." This is wonderful. This is this is uh, we're on the same page, Adam. Okay,
1: totally. Um, Yeah. So you work backwards. So now, let's say just. So you're starting a new program. let's say you have eight kids that show up. After school, they want to meet, they they're willing to do it. So now you have a list of thirty things there's simple things like straightening the chairs or or putting up the bulletin board or handing out the papers whatever it is whatever whatever the little things are that will that will make that will give them ownership and empowerment and they you specifically give it to those kids they specifically have a task they can have a title too but it's about their tasks well now they have something that something that we frankly don't like to do mm-hmm. and they want to do it and they know that they're contributing to the group
2: Again, and they love it. They,
0: the, love, they yeah. love the opportunity. Absolutely. And
1: these are not our talented kids. They don't have to be. These are our kids, these are our dedicated kids. Mm-hmm. So now you already have dedicated kids that are involved and empowered.
0: Yep. And dedicated kids are going to work twice as hard to become the most talented kids.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And there's a path for them. So it's, all the they, it's all yep, about the buy in. It's all about the buy-in. They bought in yep. and they feel empowered. And and my goal as a teacher is to figure out how to create a path for every student to buy in. And we know we have all different kinds of kids that are in there. The mm-hmm. kid that's, that's mom forced them to take the class. The kid that can't do art but is required to take music. The kid that wants to go to Juilliard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the kid that's severely learning disabled and, you know, and is – just in the class, um, because it's something that they might do relatively well in, um, you know, the kid that likes music, but, but isn't very good at it. The kid that's forced in through the guidance counselor, you have so many different reasons why the mm-hmm. kids are there and it's our job to figure out a way to get them to want to be there and to get them to have a path where they experience community and success and they come together.
0: And you can't you can't discount valuing a non-musical talent as well because um I'm just thinking back to my middle school career. I had a kid that was severely learning disabled and he would sit up on the corner of the risers. His name was Ryan, no relation. And uh he would read Auto Trader magazine like the listings of cars. Like uh-huh. that's all it is. It's just like a classified yeah. ad section. And he if I had had him as a high school student, I think I think I know what I would have done. Like he literally would have been the leader of the car wash cuz the kid the kid left and right. went to auto to like the 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 um auto mechanic vocational school program in high school. And he he works on cars and like, that's what right. he does. You know, of course they jammed him into standardized testing and they tried, you know, they tried to jam a square peg through a round hole for his entire middle school career. And everybody thought he was stupid. Right. You know, but, but the kid was brilliant with cars and, and, you know, he held a trumpet and band, you know, he was, he didn't really do much with it. Right. He didn't really sing so, so well, but, but, if a kid was in my choir like that, I'm like, kid likes cars. He's going to run the car wash and he's going to love every moment of it because he's going to be all these different cars that are going to come through. I'm just thinking like, there are, you you probably have a kid in your ensemble somewhere that you're like, man, that kid just stands there. But f- see what th- see what you can do with that kid? That kid's going to that kid could be brilliant in something.
1: Here's the thing. I have to disagree a little bit. I don't have any kids that just stand there because they're going to buy in and, and I don't mean buy in that this, this is going to be their passion for their mm-hmm. life. And that's, that's not my goal. My goal is to get them to find their passion in something else, whatever interests them. Mm-hmm. My goal is to show them that they can grow no matter what as a singer. Um, and that I don't treat my star singer different from my weakest singer. Who's there to learn. Um, we have rot- uh, rotating lessons. Um, Oh, that's in nice. The day, so that's we're very, very nice. lucky. That's very nice. Um, so between my two choirs, I also see the kids once a week in groups of six to eight or maybe ten kids around the piano, and every student sings by themselves. And my goal is to instill confidence and get them to improve and feel the improvement. It's not my judgment of their improvement; mm-hmm. it's their awareness of their improvement. So. I I mean, in the last, I mean, I can't speak about the first few years of my teaching when I was still getting my feet wet. But in the last 15 years, I can't even think of a student that didn't improve massively. And I've had some severely learning disabled students in this program, and they have found their way. They have found their way to be able to hold their part, um, sing out, sing with confidence, sing solo repertoire, Um, maybe it's not what you'd want to hear at a solo recital, Mm -hmm. um, but sing well enough where they can really sing for a class and get them applauding them. Um, and I think that it's really important in a choir to, especially it's a self-select group, but they're all there to learn and I'm there to teach them. They're self-selecting to be in a place where they're trying to learn. I'm not going to let them, um, you know, have a magazine out or do something else. They're there to learn. If they're not there to learn, then they should find something else. But Mm -hmm. if they're there to learn, I'll meet them wherever they're at. I will not hold them to the expectation of another student. They're an individual, but they're going to grow. They're going to become a sight reader. They're going to develop ear training and they're going to learn Italian repertoire. They're going to sing the, you know, from memory and they're going to stand up at that concert and they're going to sing with everybody else.
0: All right, Choir Nation, we're going to take a very quick break to say thank you to our sponsor, KI Concerts. KI Concerts is the best place for you to go for all of your international choir travel needs. Oliver Schofield is their uh, co-owner along with his partner, Michael. And they are some of the most professional people that I've ever met in my lifetime. And they are a gracious sponsor for this show. So if you're interested in getting some more information about how your choir can travel internationally with people like Craig Hella Johnson, Henry Leck, Lena Sharkova, Heather Buchanan, I mean, the list goes on. There are some amazing conductors that are leading these trips all around the world. Head on over to KIConcerts.com forward slash find your forte for a special deal just for you, Choir Nation. Again, it's www.KIConcerts.com forward slash find your forte. Let's get back to this interview with Adam Paltrowitz. So have you ever had a situation where it's very apparent that a child signed up for choir because it's an easy A?
1: No. Because it's not it's not an easy A. It's very clear. Here's the thing about easy A's. To me, easy A's mean the teacher has not delineated clearly what's expected of the kids. It is a very easy A. Everybody should be able to earn an easy A. But they actually have to do things to earn the A. Mm-hmm. So my philosophy on assessment and and therefore grading is that everybody should be able to do exceptionally well in my class. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to test them on singing, ever. I will never test them on singing because I'm not going to let the star singer be able to earn a grade with no work and wh- another kid who works their butt off.
0: Okay, so go deeper that into skill. that. Go deeper into that. What do you mean by so? When I open your grade book, what am I seeing?
1: Okay, so um, first thing is participation. Okay, so that's 30% of their grades. Let's start with participation. Okay, what does that mean? Participation is, there's two phases of participation. One is the very simple thing, coming on time, being prepared, and actively participating. Actively participating, the way I describe it, is you turn off the sound and watch what they're doing. What do you see? What is it that you're saying?
0: Okay, that is a very interesting way to look to look at it. Okay, cool. Tell me more.
1: So, um, so two parts of participation. One is that they start with the hundred. They lose a point for being unprepared, um, a point for being late, and then. They could lose up to two points if they're really not participating. Just
0: one point? What do you mean by one? Like they go from 100 oh. to 99 or?
1: Yeah, yeah, just one point. So so th- there's two parts to participation. This is one part of it. So is this like, wait,
0: hold on, is, is the entire marking period 100 points?
1: Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was yeah. each day. Okay. Oh, no, no, sorry. So they start with 100. So if they're unprepared one day or they're late one day or they're, they're not acting appropriately, let's say they're talking to their neighbor or they're just not doing what they should be doing, it's not going to kill their average. It's mm-hmm. going to lose a point or two. That's, so that's one facet of participation. There's the second facet of participation, which is, in essence, a, a self-assessment. It's a self-assessment of what they do in the class. And here are the things, things such as body alignment when sitting, when singing, mm-hmm. body alignment standing, when singing, um, how do they mark their music? Mm -hmm. Always, some of the time, none of the time. Do they hold their music up when they're singing? Do they start when everybody else starts in the music? Or do they wait till they hear their friends start? Do they start at the bell? Things like that. And they
0: self-assess these things.
1: They self-assess And Do
0: you do it? Is it a handout? And then they self-assess? It's a handout.
1: It's a handout. It's in my handbook. So they know exactly what they're going to be asked. It's not a surprise. And then at the end of the quarter or at the midpoint, right? I'd say next week I'm going to hand them a sheet. And it's literally just always, most of the time, some of the time, very rarely. And it's an awareness. And I and I we go through it. We say, okay, so um, do you hold up your music when you sing? So that means that if I were to stop in the middle of a song, just say stop, and look around the room. Will your music be up mm-hmm. all of the time, some of the time? When you're standing, are your feet slightly apart? Are, you know, are your shoulders? You know, why is your chest high? All of the time, some of the time. Mm-hmm. And so it makes them aware. So this is really on a scale of one to 10. It's mm-hmm. either a 90, 80, 70, 60. Mm-hmm. You, most kids are 90 or 100. Mm-hmm. But a few kids that are not are 80, 70. Very rarely do you have, A kid that's a 60 is not going to last in this program. And, you, know? you know,
0: it's so funny. When you ask kids to self-assess, uh, in my experience at least, I've noticed that there's a lot more harsh on themselves always, than they always. need to be. Yes. You're going to get a very honest, almost too honest answer from them.
1: And that's the, and the point. I don't even care about what they actually assess. I just want them to become aware. Mm-hmm. I want them to be aware of what they're doing. Today, for example, in my treble choir, we were in the middle of a song. We were about two minutes into a three minute song. I'm conducting them. And I literally said, Stop. Don't move. Don't move. Everybody look around the room. Look at how everybody is sitting. Look at how everybody's holding up the music. Just be aware if you're one of those people that are not holding up the music. Mm-hmm. I did not single anybody out. I didn't point to them. I didn't say you need to sit up. I just said look around, be aware. So you're rest- very
0: you're very yeah. into using self-assessment as as a means of making actually a very safe place for students to sing. Because you're yes. not singling the kids out. If you just say, let's be aware, clearly a kid is going to catch themselves without you having to actually single them out and make them feel terrible. And then, of course, if you single them out and make them feel terrible, then they're not going to want to sing for you because they're right. going to be scared.
1: It's, yeah, I mean, and, and to go one step further, I think most of the time, Most of the time, students don't do the right thing like sitting up or holding up their music. Not for the, uh, I shouldn't say it that way. They Most of the time, it is not because they're being defiant. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It could be because they're tired. It could be because they're lazy. It could be because they're unaware that they're not doing it because they haven't developed positive habits yet. Mm -hmm. And so if we attack them, they, they, they get upset. They're hurt. You've created a, a place where they can't be safe. So you have to find a way to encourage them, make them aware. So the approach that I try to take is think about how you're sitting. Think about how you're standing. Think about how your music needs to be held up. And I understand if you forget, but every time you forget and you remember on your own to pull up your music, to sit up, you were successful today. If you got your own awareness without me having to remind you, that was a successful moment.
0: Right, it means more to them because they figured it out, not you told them.
1: Exactly. It sticks sticks longer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree completely. So getting back to the uh, grading, so that's 30%. 30% is performance and assessment. So this is going back to really where most teachers are going to grade them on their singing. Mm -hmm. So here's my approach. Number one, I give them a grade on their growth, meaning their effort and growth in their singing. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I, I do have the opportunity to hear them weekly in a small group, but I don't assess them in terms of, you know, You learn this song. I'm just literally assessing them on, are you making an effort when we're vocalizing you? Are you trying? Are you making an awareness uh, to improve? So that's usually most kids, I'd say 90% 90 of my students get a perfect score Mm -hmm. on their growth. But here's some other assessment. I'll assess them on labeling the notes. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Labeling the rhythms in the music. I'll assess them in memorizing the words, writing out the words to something that they need to do. Um, I'll assess them um, in how they mark their music. Anything that everybody has an equal opportunity to be successful at, I will assess them. And therefore, the students that work hard are the students that are gonna get the highest grade. And the students that choose to blow it off, I don't care how talented of a singer you are, if you don't mark your music, and, and by the way, marking music is not, I told you to do this. It's really an awareness of what mistakes you're making, what mistakes your section is making. Are you doing it consistently? If you're not doing that, even if you're a great singer, you don't deserve to get those points.
0: So divas don't last in your program, do they?
1: Divas don't exist in my program because... I believe a diva attitude occurs because we allow them to be divas. We we cater to their ego. We pat them on the back instead of showing them what the next level of development is. And again, if you're treating the, the weakest singer in the group the same as the strongest singer, and they're standing around the piano because, again, it's age-appropriate. My strongest soprano and my weakest soprano might be right next to each other in a lesson.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I might spend... The same amount of time with one kid and the other kid working on the next layer of development. Not Mm -hmm. saying, you're amazing, listen to this girl. Mm -hmm. Why can't you be more like her? They're both focusing on a higher layer. So it's my job to be a teacher that is responsive to their individual needs. Building their confidence but really making them aware of what the next layer is for them to uncover in themselves
0: and you're building confidence not ego
1: exactly
0: there's a great book um adam i i you should read it um it's it, it's i'm still i'm still on it right now uh but it's, it's a great book called ego is the enemy by ryan holiday
1: i'm writing it down
0: and it's wonderful <laughs> it's a if you want to listen to it choir nation you can pick it up for free um I have a link on my website at ryanguth.com on the right hand side. If you scroll down, uh, or if you're on mobile, just go to the bottom. It's an audible banner. I use audiobook for everything because I drive a lot. And um, if you go to that banner, you can click it and get a free audiobook. And. Uh, I do get a little commission, of course, helps to support the show, but uh, you can pick up a copy of of Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. It really uses some uh, wonderful um, biographical re- references from uh, historical figures, um, you know, like military generals to, you know authors and all sorts of um, creative people. Where ego can get in the way, and and how to how to combat your ego, and and obviously like put other people first, and um you know really find uh, the genuine reasons why you do the things that you do, and and um feeding your soul in that way. So uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful book. And if you do pick it up from like a place like Barnes and Noble or or something, um, it's a relatively small book it's like thick but it's small and it like fits in uh-huh. the palm of your hand all beautifully it's just, if i write a book i'm gonna write it like literally that same size it's beautiful but yeah ego is the enemy by ryan holiday check it out um ryan di- ryan didn't pay me um we have some mutual friends but um uh, i just think it's a fantastic fantastic book so check that out it's wonderful for choir directors there's no ego allowed uh in, no. the, in the choral world you ca- the music does not speak when the conductor speaks louder than the music,
1: i mean there there's no doubt about that, no doubt. um I would say that that the ego is not only the enemy, but the ego really gets in the way of knowing why we're there. We are there for each student to grow. We are there to foster their needs, and when we make it about us um they don't have the ability to move forward because we're hindering them. We're making it about our self-indulgent goals, our concert, how we look, mm-hmm. um, picking uh, music that looks good for our colleagues, or you know, this is about them and where they are. Meeting them where they are and taking them to that next level.
0: And that's the scariest thing about like I, you know, I, I was talking to some colleagues um, recently that have like ACDA national performances and stuff coming up and, and things. And it's, it, it has to be uh, Daniel, Daniel Gutierrez is, is one of them. And Daniel's one of the speakers at, um, at the Choir Nation Redirect Conference we're having in, in Oklahoma in June. Uh, and, and, you know, I was talking to him about it and it's like, you got to choose music that showcases your ensemble right in front of all these people. And you have to try to keep your ego out of it. Like you have to try to keep because, right. like you, like obviously you naturally like want to impress the people that are going to be there. Like, Ooh, look at this awesome ensemble. Cause Daniel's groups are amazing, but sure. Daniel's groups are amazing. Cause Daniel's amazing. Like he's right. a great guy. Um, he's not amazing because he forces his kids to be amazing. He's not amazing because he scares his kids into being, ama- being amazing. He's just an awesome dude. And, and, um, you got to think about like the upper echelon quote unquote of the choral world is, is wrought with, with ego. And it's almost like it's the second tier of choral directors in the world, like the top tier of the best, most elite choral directors. And many of the people that have been on my, in my, in my show are not, are not snobs. Right. At all. Because you don't get to that point by being a snob. You get to the second tier. You get to the second tier of, of choral directors by being a snob. Agreed. And if, but if you want to do awesome things, you need to put other people's needs ahead of your own.
1: Exactly. We don't have needs. We don't have needs. You know, maybe, maybe the first 10 years of my teaching, I had needs. And at a certain point, you realize that it doesn't matter how great your high school choir is, they're not going to be a professional choir. Mm-hmm. And they're not supposed to be a professional choir. And that's not supposed to be the goal. The goal is to train them to become great musicians, but really become lovers of music, lovers of music, who hopefully will keep music in their life as active musicians in community groups. Um, And and it's not about the elite. It's not about being elite. It's not about the elite. And that is the problem. Going back to my article, I know we just diverted from grading, but that's what I'm seeing is that when all of these kids after ninth grade, for example, are quitting the vocal music program, because maybe you have 60 kids in the freshman group and 20 kids make it further. 40 kids that liked it at some point are now gone. They're never going to sing again. They're done. They're, they're done. The only kids that now will sing in a community group are the kids that survived, that are in your select ensemble. Those select kids are the ones that are in the community choir. hmm and guess what? They're arrogant because they were great in the in your select group and now they're in the community group and everybody in the community group. They were the select kids in high school right. and so were the choir directors.
0: Well, yeah, and well and and those are the arrogant kids, the arrogant people in the community group too. Right? Uh, I Adults are the worst. Like yes. a, adults <laughs> in community choirs, I, if I could line a a, a group of them up And just just slap them down in a row, like like there are such there are some real jerks in 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 the community choirs, and they came they came from the ego the egomaniac high school choir program where where you know uh, the director blew smoke up their little tookies for for four three years four years or whatever, and now they're now they're. Now they're ravaging the the choral world with you know being in, being jerks in community choirs and scaring right. awesome people away from staying in those ensembles. So well, I mean, there's a, a serious trickle trickle down effect, you know, in, in the choral world. When
1: but think about where it started. Think about where this whole thing started. It started because the choir directors now, when they were in high school, were only in select groups. Mm-hmm. So they were in a select group. They only know. They only know select groups. And they go to college and they're in a select group. Mm-hmm. And then they come, go into, uh, they get their job in middle school or high school. And all they know is select. And so it, it's the cycle that continues. This takes,
0: this takes 10, 15, 20 years to fix. So right. Choir Nation, the responsibility that you have is is magnanimous is that a thing is that mag- that's a word right mag yeah, I think so. magnanimous yeah um that's the, i don't know if that is that even the right the right usage of the word magnanimous it's it's uh, no it's that's not is it <laughs> i'm not sure no that's very generous or forgiving especially toward a rival or someone less powerful than oneself okay that's wrong okay we're gonna <laughs> it's not choir nation it is not magnanimous. It is, It is. you have, you, I'm going to leave that in. This is funny. Um, you have a, a big responsibility. This has been a very long day, guys. Magnanimous to big. This has been a very long day. Doesn't magnanimous sound like it should be gigantic? Like it's not.
1: I like that word. I also like the word penultimate. Which really means second to last, which is a very odd thing to say, right, penultimate, second to last, why is it such a special word? I use it all the time because I know it. the
0: penultimate measure, <laughs> yeah, and then the penultimate measure is like sixty nine and then the kids laugh because because <laughs> you said it, you know, like then you have but to I say, say
1: it's make them laugh <laughs>
0: you say one before seventy because you just you just gotta do it anyway. Adam, you know, this, this has been a wonderful conversation. We are coming up on time, and I, I want to be respectful to Choir Nation and their morning commute or whenever they're listening to this right now. Uh, but, you know, Adam, uh, this has been a lovely conversation. It's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, before you leave, I want to make sure that we remind Choir Nation where they can find out more about you. So, So plug it, bro. Do it.
1: Sure. Well, there are, there are two places. First of all, uh, my, my website, www.adampaltrowitz.com, um, and also www.choralclarity.com. They're really um, interchangeable. Um, adampaltrowitz.com is my home website where I have my weekly blog, and my blog is all about um, really about high school, could middle school, sometimes college, but really um, the approach about Uh, choir being for everybody, singing being for everyone, but also how to be a more effective choir director, how to run a more effective program. And then Choral Clarity um, website um, has music written by myself and also other people um, who write music that's aimed at high school um, students, meaning it's cappella, mainly acapella. It's well crafted, but it's not written for colleges where high schools are trying to do it. It's written in a way where the voice leading makes sense, um, and where it's very singable. It's approachable uh, music. A very approachable, but still complex. Complex in its nature, mm-hmm. and um, and also the idea of being able to download instantly, view it, listen, and it it connects directly to my idea of uh, my blog of trying to reach everybody.
0: Great. So choir nation, I would, I would highly recommend that you head over to Adam com. Subscribe to his blog, you know, like and Please, share those yeah. posts. And, and, um, um, I mean, he really has some, some great content out there. And, uh, I mean, I was I was reading some of his stuff before I even got to know him. So so go over there, check it out. You know, there we're never this the coral world is never too crowded. So um, definitely check out Adam You will be able to catch a link to that on his show notes page, which is uh forward slash uh zero seven one. Yes, zero seven one for episode seventy-one. And uh, obviously, before we leave, I want to make sure that you remember that we are having this amazing choral conference. I'm uh, literally about to invite Adam to, to come to the choral conference uh, in Oklahoma City, June 27th through 30th. It's going to be awesome. We have, oh my God, we have like optional of course a bar crawl we have whitewater rafting we have why does it
1: have to be optional
0: well i mean you know (laughs) some people are sensitive to the to the Uh alcoholic beverages you know what i mean but but i mean you can it could be a soda crawl or an apple juice crawl of course all right but we, it, it's the unchoir conference. It's going to be so much different than anything you've ever been to. It's going to be a place where like-minded members of Choir Nation come together, establish lifelong friendships, and I mean, you don't, you can't do this on your own. You cannot affect the world through choral music in, in a vacuum. You can't do it. So that's why you got to come. So if you want information about that, go to Choir Nation. Up, Hold on. You have to go to Ryan Guth, pardon me, ryanguth.com forward slash redirect. So Choir Nation Redirect is the conference, but ryanguth.com forward slash redirect is the website. Uh, you can register there. Um, we accept POs. So if your school wants to pay for it, uh, we can we can you know work that out and everything too. Just reach out to me if you want to pay by PO and we'll make it happen. Uh, so check it out. Check out Adam's website. Adam, I, I thank you so much for being a part of, of, this, of this episode. And uh, you have certainly helped Choir Nation step up to the podium with purpose today. So thank you for being my guest on the Find Your Forte podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. And I really enjoy your podcast um, and really enjoy your Facebook group. I think you have such wonderful people. Um, who are on there, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to to g- posing lots of questions that are going to help me build my choir even further.
0: Well, thanks, Adam. And obviously, the Choir Nation Facebook group, just go to facebook.com forward, uh, forward slash groups forward slash Choir Nation or just type in Choir Nation, and you can jump in. You can talk to Adam, who is a member as well, and uh, I will put all the relevant links to things we spoke about in today's episode in adam's show notes again ryancouth.com forward slash uh i gave you a lot of urls today but if you hop into the choir nation facebook group uh it is so much less confusing because you will stay up on all those current links and things because uh, i post them in that group so again adam thank you and choir nation thank you once again for uh hanging out with me and adam today on the find your forte podcast Thank you for listening to Find Your Forte with Ryan Guth. As
1: always, join Ryan online at www.ryanguth.com for detailed show notes and discussions on every episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on
2: iTunes and leave a review. Until next time, be amazing.